I want to bring you greetings from Love Gospel. Thank you, Bishop Ron Bailey. I want to thank uh, Ramona, Jose, who are part of our team, who are with us today, with me today. Thank you. I want to thank, I see Missionary Pearl in the back. Thank you. God bless you. And Deborah, Missionary Deborah, uh, good friends. Uh, we're co-laborers in, in this movement, and we're excited. And I want to thank all of you. I wanted to say something very important as we begin. And, uh, and that is that it was a day like this, pretty much like this, when um, a prophet, uh, a powerful man of God, who was, had been exiled, left for dead, beaten. Uh, no one expected anything else from him. I don't think he expected anything. Wow. And it was a, a defining moment, I believe, in, 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 in the church of Jesus Christ and in the kingdom and even on earth. And on a particular day when he least expected in this condition, he had been burned up, as I said, left for dead. The world expected nothing. But he finds himself saying in Revelation 4, 1, wow, how on the day, you got to read the whole thing, on the day of the Lord, when he was in the spirit, that's crazy, he heard a voice say, come on up. And he accepted that divine invitation of access. This is so powerful to a divine door that will lead him to the mind of God to receive unprecedented historic never before understood had received have been released the revelation of the ages and the end of the time the culminations of the time gave us the revelation for today and what's coming at the end. That is so powerful. And, I, and when I read that, and I've said it a couple of times prophetically as we've been in the conferences and God has been releasing us to just minister prophetically in the region, how you never know how you wake up one day, pretty much like Daniel, who prayed three times a day. And on an ordinary day, he was just having his devotion. Little did we know that on that day, heaven would invade earth and intercept and interrupt the conspiracy of the enemy and release the nation of Israel from its captivity after 70 years. Simply on the day of the Lord. Someone understood that they had to come in the spirit. Oh my God, two different people. A young boy, Daniel, taken into captivity by Nebuchadnezzar, my God, who would open the window during the day and pray for the city. Oh, my God. Mm. And one day was interrupted. That's awesome. So you woke up today, and you might have thought it was an ordinary day. <laughs> but while we are in the day of the Lord, and we're in the spirit, Anything can happen. Wow. So I believe that today, by us coming here, 
is a way of standing in the gap and interrupting, intercepting. Are you listening? Wow. Whatever the enemy is doing, we're pushing back the darkness. There's revelation in the house today. There, there, there's a creativity of the spirit today. There, there's strategy. There's wisdom. There's spirit life in this place today. And we need to stir up our faith to believe that when you come here on the Lord's day, you come with expectation that God may just that day release heaven to your home. Wow. Release heaven to your children. That that day might be the day that you've been praying. And that one praise, that one prayer that was missing. But because on the day of the Lord, you were in the spirit. In the right place. In his presence. The kingdom of God was manifested. Oh, hallelujah. My prayer today is, may the kingdom of God woo, come and his will be done in your life today. I came to tell you today and pronounce that this is the most pivotal, critical, defining moment of the church of Jesus Christ. Woo! A defining moment, it's a, it's a place in time where the God is about to, the Kairos is about to invade the Kronos. It's when God is about to shift and reposition some things on earth that have already been ordained, predestined, sealed in the heavens. And the time has come. And the people now are in a crossroads. And we're in a place of decision. It's a place, a defining moment. It's a place where we have to understand, have revelation and understanding. Because whatever decision or whatever action you take or lack thereof will determine your destiny. One way or another will determine whether or not we fulfill our purposes. And I know Apostle, and if I know him, this is not a religious church. This is not just another church down the corner. You cannot be. If you think you are, you're in the wrong place. Because God is right now calling, my God, a, a remnant who is apostolic, prophetic, you already know, and raising us up for such a time as this. To have the spirit of Daniel. Who says in Daniel 2, 20 and 21. Praise be to God. Who is mighty and so powerful. And awesome. He says he gives. And I love this. Wisdom only to the wise. And he adds knowledge to the discerning, to those that seek after it, my God. So the day of religious systems are over. Oh, my God. The day of the systems of the traditions of men, it's over. Hallelujah. So I want us to open up the word. Hallelujah, because I believe. I don't know. I really don't know what's going on in the house. 
I don't know what's happening in your home, in your marriage, in your children, in your finances. But I know one thing. If you're anything like me, and I know we're with the same spirit, I know that I'm in the middle of a revolution. My life has been revolutionized, turned upside down, inside out. The last two years, as it has never in almost 33 years of serving God, I understand it. Why? And not just God, but the devil as well. This is not just a time of kingdom awakening, kingdom manifestation, but it's also kingdom revolution. So write that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we are, like it says in Matthew eleven twelve, right? We are those that understand that the kingdom has been suffering great violence. And that those who become violent and dangerous, the enforcers that know that they are prophetically, uh, the enforcers of the kingdom, we take it back by force. And if you never had to fight before, you better get, to, you better get it together now because it's time people to fight even though we have a defeated foe he keeps trying so let's go and open the scripture i'll do from 34 but the pharisees say he he casts out devils through the prince of the devils and jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom everybody say preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Everybody say he was moved with compassion <laughs> on them. Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as a sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. Now, um, let's go to Luke. And it came to pass, this is 11, after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. Okay? Here we see two, two kinds of people. We see uh, the widow, okay, went to the city Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man being carried out. This is a widow with a dead son the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. So there are two crowds here, okay? In 11, we say that he went into the city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. And then with her, the same thing. And he says that much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. Again, the Lord saw her, and he had compassion on her. He said to her, what did he say? Weep not. It's right there at 13. And he came and touched the buyer, which was the, the, the coffin. And they went bear him, stood still. Okay, those that were bearing it. And he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear and awe, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up amongst us, and that God had visited his people. And the rumor, of course, went all, all around the, the, you know, the city. So now let's turn to John, and let's just, let me give you some points here. Just remember those two scriptures, and what do you see consistent there? You see in both of them, what do you see? And you see, comp you see compassion. You see that Jesus, when he saw the condition of Jerusalem, he wept. And he actually commanded that we pray to the Lord of the harvest. He says they were like sheep to the slaughter. In the second, we see a widow. Burying her son, multitudes, so you could say there was a funeral procession. 
And then Jesus on the other side of town coming along with uh, the, his disciples and those that were following him. And it says that he what? He saw her and he also had compassion on her and was moved to make a difference. And then we see, of course, uh, Lazarus. And in 11, you know, I'm just going to tell them to you. In 11.4, you see where um, when they come to him uh, and they tell him that, that um, Martha says, um, um, you know, my brother has died, come. And he says that he was dead about two days already, but he didn't pay any mind. He kept going about his business. And he does say to her, listen, your brother has fallen asleep. But don't worry, because I'm going to wake him up. Wow. And this is not unto man in 11.4. It says, but it's unto my glo the, the glory of the Father. And of course, in 11, that's when he says, yo, yo, he has fallen asleep. Everybody say, he has fallen asleep. But I will wake him up. And then you see that, you know, he goes about his business. And finally, after decomposition starts happening, decomposition, okay, starts happening when somebody dies after three days. But this is the fourth day. He's thinking. We all know the story. And so after he's there in 1117, you see that he comes back. And then he says, they tell him, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. Okay. And then she says, but I even know that now, even now, if you ask, God will give you whatever you ask of him. So she was exercising her faith. And so we see this is in 1121. This is where Jesus is having this discourse. And then he does say that I am the resurrection and I am the life. He tells her to don't fear because he who believes and never, you know, me will never die. He will, you know, even though he dies, he will live forever. But it does say that Jesus wept. Do you see that? Jesus also wept. This was his friend. It was Lazarus. And you see his compassion again. Three different instances of Jesus' compassion and heart. And uh, when he saw the condition of his friend, the condition uh, of what was going on with a widow and, and her young man, and the compassion of the city for the people that were like sheep to the slaughter. And so he says, if you believe, you will see the glory of God through all of this. In 11.23, he says, your brother will rise again. And deeply moved, he says to them, Move the stone. Everybody say, move the stone. And in 1140, he does say, if you believe, you will see the glory of the Lord. And he says, come forth, Lazarus. And after they have moved the stone, we know, what does Lazarus do? Forth. Amen. Father, we thank you for the reading of the word in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Now just give us understanding and the application. Wow. Well, I tell you, the Lord, you know, I was seeking the Lord for, for of the word for you specifically. And I know God is speaking, you are prophetic people. So, you know, we know God's speaking to all of us. But then pastor left me a message and I, I got it. Praise the Lord. And I studied that and, and, you know, going towards Easter, you know, Lent and the season we're in right now. Uh, and of course, it's not Easter for us. It's really Celebrating celebration of life, the resurrection life of Christ. Um, you know, I understand the season and the time that we're in. In light, in light of the reality and what's going on in our city and what's going on in our nation, we are living in times right now that are so um, evil and unprecedented that when we look in Second Timothy 3 and, and where he's just giving a litany, it, it's like a news report. It's like if you were 
you know, opening up, you know, the, the Post or the Daily News, when you see all the different things, including what the one thing that stands out to me today for us as the Church of Christ, the Ecclesia, or Ecclesia uh, in, the, in the Greek, um, is the fact that he says that men will be more pleasers of themselves than pleasers of God. Uh, and today we're in a society where evil, we know, has become good and to them, and good is evil, and whatever you feel, whatever you want, that's your standard, changing God's standard. And as a result of this spirit in the land that has invaded the church, by the way, the culture, has uh, coming to the house. Instead of us uh, influencing uh, the culture, the culture has influenced the church now. And so many of us, uh, and not, well, not us, but many in the church, um, we understand uh, not what they're supposed to be, right? We look like it, the religious spirit, it's in the house. And it is, it is the most, uh, it really is the deadliest spirit, and it's the spirit that we really are fighting more than the enemy, because the enemy is defeated. But he uses that religious spirit. And so we are in a time where because of, the, uh, of that standard that man has set, secularism, humanism, man dictates and man has the answer. We look inside and um, there is no God. You know, the spirit of atheism in the land has permeated and, and has been very pervasive, including the fact that a woman named Marilyn O'Hare was able to take prayer, as we know, out of, out of America, a nation under God, because of her passion. And what was her passion? Hatred for God. And while all this is happening, the religious structure is in the midst. Church is here. But what is going on? What happened? And so there's been a silence, and there's been a, 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 a complacency and a slumberness, a sort of sleepiness, to the point that there's, been, there's death now, deadness. Okay, and, and so we're in a time right now where the statistics, because of this spirit, are unprecedented. In 2010, that decade from 01 to 2010, where terror came in uh, um, in 2001, and it, and it was that spirit of terror that came right into our land, never had happened before in the history, that deposited a seed that became like a domino effect for a whole decade. And everything spiraled after that into decadence and the greatest darkness and, and the greatest sin and, and abominations and domestic violence and gang warfare and divorce and, and uh, sexual perversions of all kinds. Abortion, 52 million babies, you know, like diapers thrown in, in you know, like, 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 you know, in the garbage can, sort of speaking. And, and uh, uh, pornography, you know, four out of, out of ten pastors are in pornography. The breakdown of the family. Oh, my God, the deception amongst this generation through the Internet, you know, through the television. You can't put on the TV unless it's the news. And even the news is, like, super crazy. If you're not prayed up, you know, you just, my God. The statistics are unreal, unprecedented. And, but God, where is God in all this? What is God saying? What is his response in all of this? And this is why, what I want to encourage you with, and I know you're moving with this, but God has just prompted my heart because of the season to just speak to you. And I just, I just want us to just stand up for a moment. And I want, I want us to ponder on this. Because what God is speaking about is that we need to break the silence. We need to go into action. Esther 
needs to arise on the scene and believe that it can take Haman, the spirit of death hovering over the land, over our children, over our families. So this is a very defining moment, very critical in the kingdom. And, and, and I just want us to, I don't want you to sit for a moment because I want to declare and, and, and make some pronouncements right now on the basis of the word of God and kind of bring it together. And that you today would evaluate and, and in light of the vision of this house, um, wow, the, the, the setting apart of Calvary Christian Fellowship, the vision and the mission, the, the remnant called and, and set apart and placed here, I, I would imagine, and, if you, and it's someone else that is still uh, um, questioning and there's confusion or there's any doubt or you have not been, you know, in your post. And you have not allowed the Holy Ghost to activate you. And you're not on your gate as a gatekeeper. And you're not a watchman on your wall doing this watch. This is your watch. I, I came to speak to you. And, and like Jeremiah 51 uh, uh, you know, 7, 10, you know, 7, 8, 9, 2, 12, but it gets to the 12. Uh, I've come here to reinforce the guard. I, I've come here to encourage you that don't get discouraged about what the devil is doing. Don't look at what the governor and the city council and the assembly, okay, and what Bloomberg you know, and the White House and the Congress and what's being done and said in Wall Street in any way shake you off your post and shake you into understanding your DNA. Because today, because of the resurrection life of Christ, because we have the DNA of the one who took away and snatched, my God, the sting of death. Who dealt with that dark dungeon citadel. The one who took the victory over things that are dead in us, in the church, in our city, in America, is alive. And the key is... That the DNA of the king. Jesus' message was, we just left the dispensation of the church as a religious system and institution. And 2012 has shifted us into the dispensation of the kingdom. I don't know where you're at, but you came to church today on the day of the Lord while I was in the spirit. Yesterday, I was religious. Yesterday, I quite didn't understand, but today, hallelujah. So God has brought me here today to stand with the men of God 
with the leaders of this house and affirm and decree and make a pronouncement, my God. Get ready because if you've not been shaken, you're about to be shaken. Because the kingdom in Hebrews, the kingdom of God, chapter 12, my God. If you read the end of it, it says, I think uh, 1229, it says that God is going to shake his kingdom because his kingdom must stand. Everything shakable, everything of flesh, everything of man, of tradition, everything that is religious in us. Looks right, talks right, walks right, dresses right, but it's not right, it's about to be plucked out of you. If you're in this house, God is saying, religion, woo, flesh, worldliness, idolatry, the traditions of man, what the devil is doing, God is about to help us depart. Woo! No more fellowshipping Woo. with those things. No more coexisting with doubt and confusion and sin and flesh. Now we got to shift. And some in the church are stuck between two decades, between two dispensations, between two years. 2011 was the year that got sandwiched in by mercy. It was the year of transition. Some of us didn't get it. It was not the year of the order. It was the year of the chaos. It was the year that God would stir up and show chaos, reveal chaos, reveal what was in disorder. What was out of order in your home? You should know about it already. Whatever is out of order in your children, whatever you don't have in alignment with this house, whatever is keeping you back from moving with the vision and the mission of the house, you should know already the revelation. But if you don't, hallelujah, you invited Buddha, it's your fault. Should haven't invited me. Because now there's no excuse. So where are you today? You thought about, I'm not going to bring no religious messages. I'm not a prophet, but we are a prophetic people. And you know what that means? We think it's so mystical and something, you know, strange. It's not. It only means is that you have intimacy with God. You have a covenant relationship with him. And in that relationship, he speaks to you. You communicate. And guess what? Like John the Revelator, you've accepted the invitation to enter in beyond the gate, beyond the outer court. You washed your hands in the labor. You put yourself on the brazen altar, on the cross. You've been washed and clean with the blood. And now you're, you're going before the holy place. And he goes, come on in. Hallelujah. Because you've been washed with my spirit. We've been washed by the word. Hallelujah. Now you have gotten, you see, we're, we're celebrating, you know, the life and resurrection. But we're not getting it. Because now we have got the access to come in through that veil that's rent. And enter to the very presence of God. Before the ark of the covenant. Before the mercy seat. And in that place when you are there, let me tell you, you become one with God. Nothing else can touch you there. Nothing can exist there. And in that place, hallelujah, there's revelation. In that place, there's understanding. There's knowledge. 
things that you didn't understand before you went in through that veil. Now God, the creator of heaven and earth, Elohim, picks you, the little Buddha, the little Victor, the little Pearl, the little Louis, there in a speck, in the brock, and says, you don't have to fear. Just lay a hold of my plan. Here's my purpose. Here's what I'm about to do in New York City. This is what am I going to release in Calvary Christian Fellowship. This is what I'm going to release in your home right now. This is what I'm about to do in your children and in your grandchildren. Oh, hallelujah. In that place. So why do we keep coming to church? God keeps bringing us because he wants to continue to deposit and strengthen us and give us greater revelation to understand what is the plan in the midst of all this that's going on. We're reading the newspaper accounts. We're reading what the media say. What do you say, Father? What do you say? So I want you to declare right now. Hallelujah. Because, because, this is what we're going to say. Because he is the resurrection and the life, I can answer the clarion call. I want you to say that. Because he is the resurrection and the life, I can answer the clarion call. I can declare and decree that I'm God's forerunner. That I'm the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Saying to the devil and to man and to the powers that be, make straight the way of the Lord. I can respond to the creation that is groaning, that has an outcry. And I'm hearing the cry because my ear gates are opened and my eye gates can see into the spirit behind the scenes into the spiritual realm what my God is about to do in my life in my church and in my city and in my family so today all of creation grounds for my manifestation the manifestation of the Son of God, of the woman of God. And what that means, Jesus' message was the kingdom of God is at hand. It's near, but it's within me. And today, because he is King Jesus, oh, the life and resurrection. I can manifest his kingdom where I am right now in the midst of what I'm doing right now with his instructions. I cast out confusion and unbelief because I know that I'm a carrier of his glory. And now, it will manifest it. I am a catalyst. I am a changer. I am a trailblazer. I make a path.
children. I make a path for the family. I declare that the Lord is here. I come against the status quo. And I declare a reversal, an awakening, a revival, restoration, transformation. And the devil is defeated. He's defeated. And in the name of Jesus, we claim that everything dead around me is about to come to life. Because we are here. Like the mother with the widow, child. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. So today, I decree it is well with my soul. I am healed. I'm restored. I'm revived. I speak those things that are not as though they were. I lay a hold. Of the Holy Spirit. And I say. And I decree. Spirit of prayerlessness. Flee. Spirit of weakness. Flee. Spirit of foolishness. Spirit of unbelief. And doubt. Flee. In the name of Jesus. And I say today. Spirit of might. Spirit of counsel, spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding, spirit of the knowledge of the Lord, and the fear of the Lord, come upon this house. Today, we decree, we declare corporate anointing in the name of Jesus. Today, we declare that we will depart from any complacency and that we will get on the wall on our post in the name of Jesus hallelujah give God the glory give God the glory hallelujah so let me finish have a seat thank you Lord hallelujah let me tell you let me now that you did that Hallelujah. Bring it to light. Because God, it was awesome. Listen to this. Let me go back here. They, will t they told him, they told Lazarus, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. Did you hear that? Oh, my God. And she believed. Because she says, but even now, if you ask the Father, you could change it. But that's not the key. It was said twice to him. When the first time was when he was only dead two days. And then when Jesus arrived. And you know what God is saying? Right there. If we have been in our place. Lazarus would not have died. If the church had not been so religious. And become a system uh, influenced by man and the traditions of man, our nation, our nation under God, with such a powerful, okay, DNA. And the generation of our youth would not be in the bondage, in the captivity, 
And God is saying, oh, my God, however, oh, I love it. However, if you believe, and now it's not too late, how God will turn it around for his honor and his glory. But he's looking for a people that when you see something like that, like what we saw today, you know, the first part of it, and we see and we hear in the news the deprivation of life, the destruction. When, when you understand that right now our parental rights, okay, oh, my Lord, that means come to that place, not only the violating every fundamental right that we have, you know, as the church, even in civil rights, okay, constitution. If we don't understand that even the constitution is being trampled on, that if we don't break the silence in this hour, we will wake up one day and we will not have the America that our parents and that we came to seeking, right? Religious freedom and freedom of capitalism and enterprise and be the people. I'm telling you, it's coming from everywhere. There's so much going on, okay, behind the scenes that we as the church, sadly enough, are not educated or informed about. And part of the movement that we, God has blessed us with, is not just to pray, but it's to educate you on the current political and religious and economic and social and, and, you know, issues of the day so that we can pray effective, effective, fervent prayers that don't miss the target, don't miss the bullseye and hit the target. And I'm here to let you know, it's just like in the days of the day of Moses, okay, when there was the sea before them and behind them the Egyptians and marshland. And this. It's like if you look this way, it's a humanist, it's the secularist, it's cultic activity, it's the devil. It's like almost like there's nowhere to go except up to God, except looking up to God. And right now, even our parental rights, I never even expected this, uh, this uh, a treaty uh, in, the, in the United Nations that had, has not been ratified by the U.S. because we still need some votes in the Senate, but it has been rat ratified by many other nations, and they're using it in the courts to quote. They quote it in our courts, okay? And, it, it, and um, it's amazing children have been taken out uh, uh, of homes, parents in prison, parents accused of, 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 of neglect because they question, let's say, the education curriculum because wherever the government was intruding on what the parent felt was the best interest of the child, the government now in this treaty and in all these states are saying, the, the, the judges are reasoning and deciding that where the government is involved, the government has the best interest, not the parent. So now there's a parental movement for an amendment for parents, rights. And there's a movement, of course, you know, for the traditional marriage. And we know there's another movement, of, of course, to, uh, you know, reverse abortion. And, and all. But you know what? God has spoken so clear, and that is that his purposes will stand firm. He has a plan. Everything that's happening, God's going to shock. It's an ambush. Just like in Jeremiah, reinforce the guard, set the watchman, and you know what? Let them know that I'm setting an ambush. If we can trust God, if we could be obedient now and stay faithful and follow the instructions God's giving you. God was speaking in this house, and each one take your role, and this is how I want to end up today. Because we're not understanding the, the, the implications. We're getting uh, uh, influence, and we give up, and we're weary, and we're tired, and we're discouraged. But this is the time for you to be encouraged that the kingdom of God 
Oh my God, it's about to show up and the kingdoms of the world is, they are, will be the kingdoms of our God. Are you listening to me? And we need now to get rid of any prayerlessness, any spirit of prayerlessness. You have prayer here on Mondays. This house should be full like this. You should be running to prayer in this house. Every house should be filled with prayer every day of the week. We got to depart from that spirit of prayerlessness, that slothfulness, because we are right now, it's life or death. It's either Lazarus, stay dead, decompose, or roll the stone. But because we have been so busy, caught up in our own thing, because, listen, it's natural to be selfish, self-centered, self-accolades, compliments. We all love that. If you don't, then you're a liar. We all do. But let's put it all in perspective. At the end of the day, with the Holy Spirit, he allows us to esteem one another higher. He allows us to see that it's by his grace. No one has arrived. And you know what's the biggest thing that God is doing now? He's bringing us to depend on one another. Making us family. How we need each other. You, we need to unite. This house, and I know where you are, unite with what the movement. We need reinforcement. We are rallying. We, because you know what? We're not just praying. We got to go into action. Okay? Because Esther, when Mordecai decreed death to them, you know, she prayed, she fasted, and so did Mordecai's people. But at the end of the day, that decree to kill them was not reversed. God allowed them to do another decree. Woo! And I say, yes, decrees, uh, you know, uh, of homosexual and abortion, but there's another decree that cannot be reversed or overturned. Are you listening? By the highest supreme court of the land, which is the land of our father, who is the righteous judge. Who sits on the circle of the earth. You think that Governor Cuomo or this one or that one has something on our God? I'm here to let you know that God cannot be matched. And what's about to be released in you through the kingdom of God in your DNA is unmatched to any other human being, any other politician, any other wealthy person, any other educated person. Are you listening to me? The greatest commodity that God has is a spirit filled praying Oh, my God. Person that has revelation like Daniel. That's the greatest commodity in the church. And God is speaking to us. Oh, hallelujah. And you know, so where are you today in understanding? Are you discouraged? Are you disappointed? Are you caught up in what's happening to me, what I'm going through, my finances, my job? I'm not saying that that's, you know, we all have needs. But the Bible says, if you seek my kingdom first and my righteousness, right? I would add everything that you need. He says, cast your cares on me because I care for you. And, the, and there is a shifting of the guard even in the economic arena. And God is saying in Proverbs, we already know the scripture, 13, uh, 20, whatever. It says 23, I believe. It says that the what? The, 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 the wealth of the what? The unrighteous. Of the wicked. is being stored up for who? And for when? 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 You don't believe that? Or do you believe that God is about to shift things and reversal? That this year is a year uh, of structure, of order. This is a year of ruling. A year of authority. Twelve. Twelve disciples, right? Twelve tribes. Perfect, complete government with all full jurisdiction and domain and authority reigning. I am telling you, I'm so excited because what's our domain? What's your domain? Your home, this house, your family, 
our community. This is the domain, and he rules, and it's the DNA of the king that is in you. But I want to end with this. I'm excited because God said that you need to become this house, my house, love gospel, this remnant, like the Nehemiah camp. We need to build the walls of the city. They're broken. They're broken. The enemy has come in and broken the walls of a city of lights, the city of life, the city that's a catalyst, that, that within the city there's an anointing for revival for the nations, prayer for the nations, the wealth of the nations, this city. But look what the enemy is doing. But if we don't understand, I want to I wanna end with Nehemiah. I'm there with Nehemiah where the Lord spoke to them and he said to them, he said to them to fear not God. He says, do not fear. Don't fear what's going on around you. Right? If you get it, let me know. Okay? He says, don't fear what's going on. But arise in this time. Jesus. The book of Nehemiah. What a wonderful book. I love it. Here, God is speaking that he's giving us. He's the architect of this city. He's the architect of America. He has already given us the blueprint. He has already given us the deed to the Bronx, the deed to the city. Do you understand? That is so powerful. And right there, we, I, I'm going to read in six. We know that Sambalik and Tobias came about and, and was stopping them. And, but I love the way that Nehemiah, this is a man who was a strategist, an architect, construction manager, my God, a builder. But more than anything, he was a prayer. He was an intercessor. And even in the first chapter, before he gets together with the king to get the letters to go, to get consent, the king says, what, would I, what can I do for you? And he prays right there. Oh, it was awesome. And I said, wow, even in the midst of the communica communication with the king, he stopped to pray first. Wow. And then he told the king. That is so powerful. And anywhere through this book, it's prayer. But we pray. Some Tobias and Simbala arise against us, but we pray to the Lord. But here, I love this. It says, so built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. For the people had a what? A mind to work. Keep focus this year. Keep focus. Stay alert no matter what comes, because this is the year of kingdom awakening, where we get back our faculties to see our eye gates open, our ear gates, our heart to know what God has for us. This is a year of kingdom awakening to what the kingdom is, what is the message of the kingdom, not this watered down gospel that you're seeing in the TV and all over the place. We're going to see things that I'm telling you are going to marvel. You're going to be shocked about what God was going to do. This is not the year for celebrities. This is a saint movement. This is a movement now of the sheep, of us going out beyond the walls. And I'm telling you, standing with the king within us, in, our, in the marketplace, in the media, taking back the arts, taking back the government. Are you listening to me? Taking back education, taking back the church, infiltrated. What I call separation for infiltration. You've been called, each person here has a, a, a ministry of reconciliation and restoration in this house. You've been set apart. You got to say, I am being separated. There's separation for infiltration. For penetration. Where do you need to penetrate? Where do you have to infiltrate? Where do you have to stand now? But listen to this. This is what I want to end with. Because my time is up. This is important. I love it. We see they all had a mind to work. And it came to pass that when Sambal and Tobiah and the Arabians heard all that. And conspired all of that. 
It says, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and now. Get on the watch. Get on your post. Get on your gate. And Judah said, the strength of the bear is a burden is decayed, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, and they shall not know, see to the Lord come. So here they're declaring the good things. But then he says, therefore, I said in a lower, and I love this, in a lower places behind the wall, all the higher places, I even set the people after their families. This is a year to be intentional about your family, by the way. Intentional. Focus on your family. Fast for your family. They're going to come. And I'm talking about children. I'm talking about sisters. I'm talking about brothers and mothers and unsafe husbands, unsafe wives. I'm saying this is the year that God will begin to restore the tribe, the clan. And you're going to walk in as one, like the Joshua generation. You're not going to walk along without your children. You think you're going to walk in without your grandchildren into the promised land or without your mother and your father? You are the generation that's got to clean up your, 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 your bloodline. You're the one that says the curses stop with me. The altars are torn down with me. You're the one. You're the generation that says, devil, the buck stops here because I'm blood washed and now my bloodline is washed and my children are coming in. And my brother's coming in. And my sister and my niece. And my nephew and my cousin. And my grandmother and my grandfather. They're we're coming in. This is the year to rule. To reign. To take authority. To let the kingdom show up in your home. And in your family. And Nehemiah said. Fear not. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. Woo! Be not afraid. Woo! Be not afraid. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. And fight for your brethren. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your houses. Take your eyes off yourself. Take your eyes off your circumstances. Take your eyes about what you like or don't like about the church. What you like or don't like about Apostle Victor or Lady Gwen. Take your eyes off what's going on in the White House and get informed and begin to vote for the right person. Begin to pray, Lord. I'm looking for David, not Saul. I'm looking for an Esther, not a Haman. We're looking not for famine, but we're looking for a Joseph in the White House. Get informed. Get in the spirit and pray. But I love this part. Apostle, if you give me three minutes. I'm going to end with this right there. You know what happened? This is big now. Six. Now it came to pass. When Sambalad and Tobiah came and the rest of the enemies, they heard that I have built the wall. My God, they built the wall. And you know that it already says that half the camp. What did they do? Half the camp had, they worked with one arm with the hands and the weapons, and the other arm they have prayer. Oh, my God, I love that. You know, they were quit. In other words, they were one. Each one in their place. Each one doing their part. But I love this, Apostle. I want us to stand up. I believe that that fire that came to you 
and everything that has come after that and the fire to love gospel and the fire to glory of Christ church and all the, the, the adversity and all the suffering. You know what it's about? You getting off the throne. It's been about you giving up. And you see it here, even after they build a wall. My God. You see uh, Tobias, Sambalek coming to Nehemiah. You know that. And says, come, meet with me. Come on down. He's telling him right there. And I'm saying, Lord, my God, we're not going to come off our post. You got to get on your post and you got to stay. The adversity are going to come. The circumstances, the enemy, the attacks, the assault, the lies, the deceptions, sin, disobedience. All that's going to knock at your door. Prayerlessness going to knock on your door. If you think it's a man that's symbolic that's going to show up, no, it's a spirit that's going to show up. It's the flesh. And that's going to keep you. It's going to be the same as if you're coming down because you're not going to be able to stand on the wall without it cracking your life. So, you know, he sent messages. I am doing, this is what he says. Symbolic says, come, let us meet together. Come on, Nehemiah. Come on, apostle. Come on down. Let's meet. Let's come together. But they thought to do me the mischief. And I sent messages to them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work of the Lord cease while I leave it and come down to me with you? And you got to tell the devil, get off. Get off, devil. I am on a great project. And I have the blueprint. And I have God's decree. And I have his plans. And I have his deed. And why would I stop to meet with a defeated foe? Why would I meet? With you who is defeated when I have the greatest of all, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, when I have God Himself on my side. And He says, Four times, four times, He tried to bring Him down, but He could not. And you know why this house, you know why this house is still standing? Because you have a man of God who says, Devil, I'm under a mandate, I'm under a yoke. I'm about to, I'm, I am doing something great. Oh my God. And I'm not going to give this up for a morsel of soup. I'm not going to give in to the circumstances. I'm not going to give in to your wiles. I'm not going to give in to the lies. I'm not even going to give in to what's going on in the land. I'm not even going to give in to the fact I lost my job. I'm unemployed. Are you listening to me? Because my father is able. My father is provider. The kingdom, the principles of the kingdom are not the principles of the world and the systems of the world. What we are seeing is the consequence of sin and the systems of man and the world. And, and you know what? It's over with that. We've entered now a new dispensation. And my question is, are you stuck or have you crossed over Hallelujah. into the new dispensation? God's new arrangement, God's new divine government, the, the new revelation, the new plan, the blueprint. God is giving it to you. And you just have to obey. Him.